I'm Jonathan Polevsky, and it's my pleasure to interview Manuel Barueco for these podcasts. The most recent Toner CD is Sounds of the Americas. It's with you and the Quarteto Latinoamericano. That's right. And you're doing some interesting contemporary works. Uh, Michael Doherty, Gabriela Lina Frank. Uh, I think it's kind of nice that, you, um, that you're really trying to find new repertoire for what I think is a wonderful combination. I like guitar yeah. and string quartet a lot. Yeah, it is a beautiful combination, yeah. Well, at some point, we were talking before about how uh, in the mid-range career, in the middle of a career, how do you keep yourself uh, mm. interested? That could be part of it. Mm-hmm. I've always have liked to challenge myself. And I, and I like, <laughs> just as a game, I like being a little bit unpredictable. So when I've told people I'm, I'm working with a string quartet, I say, oh, yeah, yeah, Boccherini, what else? You know, and I love the fact that there's no Boccherini in there. Nothing against Boccherini, I like it, but... There's also something very nice about creating something with the quartetto. You know, we were doing a, we've done a number of concerts and with the piazzola and the, with the piazzola CD and and now this new CD. And there's something very nice about creating something that didn't exist before. Touche. Mm, you know. Yeah. And uh, and actually, I I love this recording. You know, we call it uh, "Sounds of the Americas" because it is uh, it's all music that is native to the Americas. Both North and South America, you know, and it's Michael Dougherty and Aaron Kearney's and Gabriela Lina Frank and Roberto Sierra. Two of the quintets have been written already. One is uh, Roberto Sierra's Triptico, which I think is one of the finest quintets that have been written for, uh, for this combination. It's also the quintet by Aaron Kearney's name, 100 Greatest Dance Hits. And that's really, it's really a fun piece. I mean, you know, as fun as it is difficult, by the way, it's very difficult to play in terms of the ensemble. And it's really a funky piece, literally funky. I mean, he uses a lot of, you know, just the popular, you know, vernacular, you know, just mm-hmm. funky stuff. And I personally love that. I like all kinds of music, you know. But then we created, we had two new pieces written. One was by Michael Dougherty. Uh, I had become aware of, of Michael's music when I played a piece called I Loved Lucy. Mm-hmm. Sure. By, uh, for flute and guitar. And I had heard 
The first time I heard his music was with the Baltimore Symphony. They were playing his Metropolis Symphony. Yeah, very big with David Zinman at that yeah. point. Yeah, sure. And then another piece called Desi, which is sort of reminiscent of Bernstein's Mambo. And mm -hmm. So I saw that, that Michael seemed to have this kinship or something with Cuban music, you know, and he seemed to like that. So when San Francisco performances came up with, with the idea of commissioning a piece, I decided to ask Michael, uh, thinking that, well, let's see what he does. I was really curious. I have to say also that it was, it's not only the, the Cuban part of it. I think of Michael Dougherty sort of like Andy Warhol of classical music. Oh. You know, he likes to use pop elements and, you know, bring them into music. Like, for example, the uh, the opera that he wrote for the Houston Opera was Jackie O. And, mm -hmm. and for um, the Chronos, he had written uh, Elvis, Elvis everywhere. And so... He wrote he wrote a quintet, and uh, to my shock and amazement, it was called Bayou Pigs. You know, obviously about the the invasion of Cuba back in the in the sixties, and <laughs> and when I saw that, I was kind of shocked. You know, I mean, I I, uh, I told him, you know, you have to be careful what you're writing. Right. <laughs> How old are you? How old? I yes, can I ask? Now? I, in no, nineteen sixty one. Oh, I was uh, nine, nine. No, eight or nine. So you remember it? Yeah, I do actually. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, you know, I th I th no, 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 it's okay. He's, you know, I have to be careful because, uh, I mean, he he was talking about Che Guevara and Fidel, you know, I mean, screaming revolution or something. I said, and I told him, you write the wrong thing here and I will not be able to play it. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I will not play it. But, you know, things came out okay. I'm okay with, the, with what it is. But to my to my surprise, even though it's a Cuban-based, uh, uh, well, not only Cuban, being that it was a U.S. invasion as well, the uh, the music is really American. And in the first movement, he quotes Jimi Hendrix, you know, and he says the doors as well. He said writers of the storm, but I don't, I'm, I haven't quite found, you haven't that found the writers the of the storm yet. No, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last movement, I'm sorry, but it's, it's rock and roll, you know, mm -hmm. and I love the piece and people, people just love the piece, especially in public. There's something just magical about it. So the other composer we approached was Gabriela, Lina Frank, that we had one of these podcasts with her. And the main reason was because everybody that I spoke to about a young composer that, that would fit this America's idea, everybody said Gabriela, you know, the guys from the quartet, also Miguel Hart Bedoya, the Peruvian conductor, he said, you know, Gabriela, so I, I just wrote to her, you know, and I said, what's going on? You got to write something. And then she wrote these Inca dances. You know, Gabriela has a very interesting background. She's, she's American, but her... Her her father was Jewish Lithuanian, her mother was Peruvian. But I guess in her composition, I guess it's the Peruvian side that pulls her. And uh, so she wrote this Pisco Inca dances, mm -hmm. you know. It's just a beautiful piece of music. So anyway, you put all that together, and, and I'm really proud of the way everything has turned out. And 
and I think in the guitar circles, it's kind of a breath of fresh air, something new. Well, I think also the uh, the composition of the quartet is really fascinating. You know, your uh, collaborators on this, uh, Los Muchachos, as uh, I heard you call them one time, um, yeah. uh, they're three brothers yeah. uh, who come from Chile by way of Mexico, uh, and then and now the U.S., and, uh, and one guy who's from, I guess, from Pueblo in Mexico. Uh, which is kind of interesting, and uh, I only remember this because poblanos come from Peplo. We were talking about yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the violist? Who, of course, has to be the odd man out. But I mean, it's uh, well, actually, one of the brothers was born in Mexico. Ah, okay. Yeah, the youngest, uh, because apparently his father was traveling back and forth, and he was. Oh, born, I see. I believe two were born in Chile and mm-hmm. one in Mexico, but they are Mexican citizens, right. and, you know, and that's what. You know. well, well, they fled during the seventies during the right. uh, Allende uh, misery. There, I think what's really interesting is it, it gives you further depth and richness in terms of uh, feeling for Latin American culture, which I think is really cool. Well, actually, I, I think this is an interesting topic. Because, uh, I mean, I started here, uh, as you know, I mean, at Peabody back in the early 70s. And in, and in that time, the guitar world was dominated by, by uh, people like Julian Bream and John Williams. So it became, England becomes sort of like the, the focus of the guitar. And at that time, the idea that was around Peabody and what got to me, you know, was the idea of trying to take the guitar out of its Latin and Spanish roots. And that sounded like a noble idea to me. There was almost a rejection of that music. But, you know, eventually, now, I realize that that's a lot of the roots of the guitar comes from there. And it's silly to reject that in any way, shape, or form. I don't think I'm expressing myself I very well. I think it was an attempt to gain legitimacy. Yeah, but in a certain world. And I think because of that... I think great things happened to the guitar. Mm-hmm. I think it expanded, and I think we have, especially from, from, from England, from the second part of the 20th century, we have this really incredibly beautiful and important repertoire, repertoire that came sure. from there. Sure, which we, uh, we have Bream to thank for, really, That's basically. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. now we can go back, and now, now we can see the whole breadth of the guitar repertoire, you know. And again, the Latin American uh, repertoire is, is extremely important. In my opinion, the most important country in the world right now for guitar repertoire, I happen to believe that it is in the U.S. I think the best things are happening here, you know, from what I can tell, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, when we're talking about the Quarteto, being that they are Latin Americans and it's a fine group as they are, it's like the obvious group with, with whom to play this repertoire. I cannot imagine, you know, the uh, the most traditional conservative you know, string quartet playing some of this music, you know. I mean, I can see Kronos doing it. Well, like you, they are not happy to sit and play Haydn and Beethoven their whole life. They are also experimenters. They are also uh, people who, who want to challenge themselves and find new things. And uh, Plus, this, is, this is the music that, that they like. This mm-hmm. is the music that yeah. is in, in their veins as well and, and music that they believe in. You know, It's a really happy marriage for the guitar. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, all, all of us actually... I mean, sort of live between two cultures, you know, because they've done a lot of work in the, in the U.S. as well. And even, even Saul, you know, I mean, he lives in the U.S. now or for quite some time. So, so I think we, we also understand this Pan-American mm-hmm. culture. And, and I believe, I believe I personally also am a product of that. I may have a strong accent, but, you know, but I, I've been here since I was 14 mm-hmm. in the U.S. And I believe this is what's closest to me, all these things that are happening in the Americas, you know, right now. Any more new repertoire you're working with, Quartetto Latino Americano? 
Well, we just premiered another piece. There is another, actually, a Latin American composer who living in the U.S. But anyway, if we go back to 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 this recording, Sounds of America, even though there's, there's a very strong Latin American influence in it, it's really all born in the U.S. Sure. It's all born in the U.S. Obviously, Michael Duggar and Aaron Kern is uh, through and through Amer American composers, you know. But uh, Roberto Sierra has lived here many years of his life in Puerto Rico's U.S. territory, you know, and uh, teaches at Cornell University. And Gabrielle is American-born as well. I, I had this idea of perhaps making a recording like of Latin America, but like Latin in America, you know. And in a way, that's kind of, that's sort of what is happening in this recording. Thank you. 